most of your Walt Disney World vacation. The top six uses of neon in U.S. Disney parks. Hi, I'm Herb Leibacher, and welcome to episode number 124 of the World of Walt podcast. Make the most of your Walt Disney World vacation. For the week of August 27th, 2017, this is the podcast for Walt Disney World fans. Whether you're planning your next trip or just enjoy reliving a little bit of Disney magic. Way back in 1898, a Scottish chemist named William Ramsey discovered the element neon. This was right after he actually discovered krypton, which, yes, that's a real element. Neon lighting made its debut in December 1910 at the Paris Motor Show, and it became a popular way to add some style to signs and architecture in the 1920s through the 1960s. You can find plenty of ways that Disney uses neon in its parks. So today we're going to take a look at the top six uses of neon in U.S. Disney parks. To help me welcome, the, or to, to help me explore this topic, I'd like to welcome a guy who is bright like neon and is not disabled by Krypton, Russ Reeves. Russ, welcome back. <laughs> uh, one of the most entertaining things about doing these is how you introduce me each time. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm always uh, very excited to hear what uh, what the buildup is going to be. So thank you for that. You bet. Uh, yep. Can you believe that we're doing the Neon episode? The, this is the infamous Neon episode. So tell people why this is, is infamous. Oh, well... I think ever since I've, ever since the first time I recorded a podcast with you, you have always had on the list of possible subjects the best uses of neon, and uh, and, and I've always just kind of been a little bit, um, I don't know, I, I I guess I've never really paid attention to neon before uh, <laughs> at Disney. It just it's something that I know is there, but I'm not like looking around for it as some sort of uh, aficionado. Uh, so, uh, so uh, you know, I've I've never been able to come up with three uh, ideas for neon, and uh, so I've, I've I've continually just kind of punted on that topic and said, now nah, get somebody else to do that's a good that's a good subject for you and uh, Johnny Shortsleeve to discuss. Uh, just leave me out of the neon discussion. <laughs> but uh, but on my recent trip to Disneyland. I fell in love with some of the neon that I saw there, and so I took some pictures, and I told my wife, when we get home, I'm texting Herb, and I'm telling him, we're doing the neon show, but I have to be able to use Disneyland examples. And I said, deal, deal, deal. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, let's do it. All right, yeah. (laughs) So you're right, neon has been on my list forever, but everyone I approach, like, hey, let's do a show on neon, like, no. I don't think so. And so I just, you know, it, it wasn't that I was trying to be a pest, but things just kind of come back up on my list. Like, hey, Russ, uh, let's do a show on Neon. No, no. Uh, two months later, hey, Russ, <laughs> let's do a show on Neon. Like, didn't I already say no to that topic? <laughs> yeah. For the last time, I'm not doing the Neon episode, okay? And here we are. We're doing it now. And here we are. This is a special day, the day we get to talk about Neon. <laughs> Oh, I really hope it goes over well. I hope it's not a complete flop after all the buildup. <laughs> Just the fact that I get to check it off of the list uh, is is beautiful in its own right. So no matter how the rest of the show goes, it's a winner in my book. <laughs> oh, that's fun. <laughs> oh, I have been looking forward to this for so long, as you know, so many times. <laughs> uh, yeah. T- yeah. Top 
Oh, wait, we've got our warm-up question. I almost forgot about it. Uh, the warm-up question for today, favorite spot in the contemporary Grand Canyon Concourse? Okay, well, this is one of my favorite places anywhere on Disney property. I love so many things about the Grand Canyon Concourse. But the question is, what's my favorite spot? So the location, the place I want to be if I'm in the Grand Canyon Concourse and I have an answer that has several qualifiers to it. Hmm. So the answer is the Outer Rim Lounge. Now, here are the qualifiers. I don't hang out in lounges. I'm, I don't drink alcohol. And, uh, and, and so that's not a place that I would be hanging out uh, at night, you know, uh, having cocktails or whatever. But in the daytime, before a lot of traffic starts building up in the Outer Rim Lounge, it's a great place to go sit and relax. You look out these amazing windows onto Bay Lake, and then on the other side of you is the amazing Mary Blair mural there, and and, uh, it's a great place to people watch. It's very relaxing. It's very quiet. And so uh, I will confess that I have taken more than one nap in the Outer Rim Lounge in the middle of the day. And it's uh, it is my favorite spot. Didn't even have to think about it uh, when question. Wow, good one. The, the outer rim lounge, I think, is one of those things that is fairly well um, marked there in the Grand Concourse Canyon, but it's still kind of easy to miss. But the the windows looking out onto Bay Lake are just amazing, and I often think. You know, I'm sure someday all of this land is going to be developed. Right now, it's nice that you can just look out onto nature, just water and forests, and it's beautiful over there. Yeah, it is. It is. And I hope we don't see a day where that's all developed. I hope it retains that natural uh, uh, view that it has there. But uh, if you don't know where the Outer Rim Lounge is, it's essentially right beside of the Contempo Cafe, um, sort of over by the windows looking out on the lake. Yep. But forget you heard me say that because I don't want anybody going over there and ruining my quiet, happy little napping spot. (laughs) It it is a great spot. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and you kind of led to to mine. So I almost said said the Outer Rim Lounge, but I'm going to say the Contempo Cafe um, just because I think there is something extraordinary about being able to get your quick service meal and sit at a table and and watch all the people come and go as the monorail passes by overhead. That just seems yeah. quintessential Disney to me. And and you know you don't have to pay a huge amount of money for it. You normally don't have to wait a long time for it. You don't need to make a reservation for it. You can just grab your whatever your flatbread uh, and cupcake. And if you're lucky, you don't have to to hunt around a lot for a table. And you can just enjoy the ambiance and the monorail. Uh, and it's it's not crazy price and it's not crazy planning. I, I think the Contempo Cafe is a, a real hidden gem that's in plain sight. Yeah, I think so too. And it's got a pretty good menu too. Yeah, yeah, it does. I, I like the flatbreads that are there, and the dessert selection is really good. Yeah, I, I'm trying to remember what it was that I saw on the menu there recently that I was surprised by. Um, but uh, it's it's escaping me now. But uh, anyway, yeah, and, and anywhere you can be to enjoy that amazing mural uh, that is just you know just such a classic uh, piece of Disney artwork. You know, with the Mary Blair design and sort of almost the small world style characterizations and and uh you know it's just it's the anywhere on that level that you can sit and enjoy just looking at the detail in that mural is really 
really great. Yeah, and looking for the five-legged goat. Yes, yes. <laughs> no spoilers. You have to go find it. That's right. That's right. Okay, good. Back to the main topic. I am so excited. The top six use of neons at U.S. Disney Parks. Russ, I can't believe I'm saying it. Number one, over to you. <laughs> and I can't believe that I have one, uh, much <laughs> less three. But uh, the first piece of neon that captured my attention on my recent visit to Disneyland was the uh, sign above the entrance to the Star Trader in Tomorrowland. This is in Disneyland. Uh, it's probably the largest uh, shopping establishment in Tomorrowland. And uh, the Star Trader has above it, in glorious neon, uh, the store logo, which just is sort of like uh, almost like a half of a cross with uh, neon spelling out the Star Trader. But then the great element of it is this enormous, long, uh, series of Mickeys in astronaut suits, all lit up in neon. It's just an outline in neon, and uh, and and it'll all come on at the same time, and then it'll go off, and then it'll come on one at a time, as if Mickey is tumbling through space, and then it comes on again in like a series. And, uh, and, and, and it, I just stood there and watched it for a few minutes because it was almost like, uh, you know, like catching a show. Uh, it, it, so if, you, if you're in Disneyland and you've never noticed this or if you just want to pull up the picture online, I don't know if we can put pictures on the show notes or something, but uh, I've got a great picture of it here in front of me that I'm looking at even as I talk about it. And uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful piece of neon, very entertaining to watch, and uh, I think – really is a great snapshot of uh, Tomorrowland. Yeah, that's great. If, if you can send me the picture, I'll, I'll put it into the show notes, so worldofwalt.com slash 124. So interesting comparing Mickey Star Traders at Disneyland to the one at Walt Disney World. It sounds like the one at Disneyland is a lot uh, flashier than, than the one we have at the Magic Kingdom, would you say? Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, I think it is. I think it's got more... Uh, you know, at least up above it, the sign to capture your attention and, and get you in there, I think, uh, definitely is a little flashier. Um, and, uh, and like I said, I think it is the, uh, the sort of the primary, uh, shopping place in Tomorrowland. Um, there's not a lot of shopping in Tomorrowland and Disneyland. There's some smaller, uh, little kiosks and, Maybe one smaller shop in there. I can't remember the name of it, but I did buy something in there. But anyway, the Star Trader is big. It's got a lot of stuff in it. Hmm. Neat. I, I would like to see that sometime. I don't remember ever seeing it before. So sounds like a great well, use check, of neon. Check your email in about 30 seconds, and you'll see it. All right. <laughs> Deal. <laughs> okay, that was number one use of neon. Number two is over to me. So I'm going to go to Disney's Hollywood Studios a couple of times, and this time I'm going to go to Sunset Boulevard. So a lot of the information I got here was from a website called Yesterland, which if you are into Disney history, Yesterland is a great site. I'd really, really yes. recommend it. Um, so on Sunset Boulevard, a lot of the building facades are actually inspired by, maybe even modeled by, uh, actual buildings in, in California. Uh, and Sunset Boulevard in Disney's Hollywood Studios actually has a, 
a replica is a has a replica of a building that is in Sunset Boulevard in West Hollywood, California. Um, a lot of the the architecture is borrowed from a lot of different places. So Sunset Boulevard is not really a a replica of the Sunset Boulevard in California. Um, just like Hollywood Boulevard is not really a replica, but um, it's inspired from a lot of different places. So there are three spots with lots of neon that I think are really beautiful. So one of the first ones is the Legends of Hollywood. So if you are on Hollywood Boulevard, you're taking a right, you're heading down Sunset Boulevard towards the Tower of Terror. Legends of Hollywood is on the right-hand side near the Starbucks. Um, This building was modeled after the Academy Theater in Inglewood, California. And the interesting thing is there's this this huge tower where they spell out the word legends, and it has a spiral fin on it. Um, A very unique design, streamlined, Moderna is is maybe the the name. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, but it's a very distinctive look. Um, Lots of neon reaching into the sky. Very, very cool building. Right across from it is the Beverly Sunset Theater, which is a, a sweet shop. It's actually um, modeled after a building on Wilshire Boulevard in Beverly Hills. And then there's a third building on Sunset Boulevard called Mouse About Town. And uh, it's actually modeled after a, a building called the Berman Building on Sunset Boulevard. Um, and Mouse About Town has got a neon Mickey wearing a top hat, and it sells clothing and other things in there. So all of these buildings on Sunset Boulevard are inspired by buildings in California. Only one of them is inspired by a building that's actually on Sunset Boulevard, but they're all clad in neon. And as you walk down Sunset Boulevard, you just feel like you are transported to a different time and place, and it's glowing, and it's, it's beautiful. So I, I think Sunset Boulevard is a great use of neon. It is. And when when you first mentioned the uh, topic to me long ago, one of the reasons I had trouble coming up with three was because this was the only one I could think of because it, there's so much of it and it's all so well done. Hmm. Uh, it really does kind of transport you to not just another place, but even another time. Uh, when you think of that old Hollywood glamour that's represented there, it's uh, it's really beautiful at night through there. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Walking down that street at, at night is just, it's gorgeous. So they, they've done a really good job with it. That was number two. Okay, Russ, number three, back over to you. So uh, near, very near what I just described at uh, Star Trader um, is the just the entrance to Tomorrowland and Disneyland. Um, here again, I found myself just captivated by this neon and uh, took some pictures of it and uh, and said, you know, this is when I started thinking maybe I could pull this neon episode with Herb off because here is some great neon. Uh, when you talk about a, a, a an entrance to a land, you know, there's usually more than one way to get into a land. Uh, but I think the entrance to a land is where you come into it off of the hub. And uh, when you come into Tomorrowland off the hub in Disneyland, the first thing you see is uh, Astro Orbiter, which is uh, just really beautiful at night. It's all lit up in different colors, but it's not neon. But just beyond that, uh, you find these almost like twin towers. On the left, you have Buzz Lightyear's Astro Blasters, which is the exact same ride as Space Ranger Spin, for those who don't know. Um, Minor, minor differences, not even worth mentioning. And then right across from that on your right is the entrance to uh, Star Tours. Uh, So these attractions sort of face each other and have these gigantic neon pillars going up into the sky from their ride signage. 
and uh, and it just it really just screams you know welcome to the future uh, to you. I know probably more of a welcome to the future if you were in 1955, but yeah. still, nonetheless, it, it's very futuristic and very uh, it's very beautiful, very colorful, and uh, and and I think it just helps sort of set the tone of what Tomorrowland is supposed to feel like. It's supposed to be like this very electric. Uh, you know, high energy place, and uh, and you definitely get the sense of that when you see these gigantic neon pillars. I've sent you a couple of pictures of those as well. Okay, great. I'll include those in the show notes too. Yeah, it's interesting to hear you talk about Star Tours in Tomorrowland. Like, wait, that's not where Star Tours is, but in Disneyland yeah, it is. <laughs> it is in Disneyland, right? And you know, that's going to be interesting to see when Star Wars Land opens in Disneyland, whether Star Tours will remain in Tomorrowland, or will it go away, or will it go back into Star Wars Land? It seems odd that Star Wars would take up an entire land of its own, plus that much prime real estate in another land. Um, But I'm sure that uh, somebody out there somewhere has got that all figured out, and we'll be excited to find out. Yeah, that is interesting. That's not an issue we have in, in Florida, really, because I, I think it's all going to be connected. But in Disneyland, that's that raises an yeah. interesting question. Yeah, yeah, it, and, it, and it will be interesting to see what they do with that. But, uh, yeah, it's the exact same ride. Uh, both of these rides are practically carbon copies of their counterparts in Florida. But the outside theming, I think, is... Um, it's hard to beat that authentic Star Wars theming in Hollywood Studios, but in terms of how it fits into its land, um, it's really hard to beat the, the way these two uh, attractions complement each other across the sidewalk from one another, welcoming you into the future, really. Yeah. Yeah, great. Tomorrowland entrance at Disneyland was number three. Number four, back over to me. So... I can't tell you that I know for certain that this is technically neon. In fact, it may not be. It may be LED lighting, but it has that sort of neon effect. So uh, give me a break here if I'm technically wrong. So it might be. Uh, but I'm going to talk about Tomorrowland and the Magic Kingdom. So I think Tomorrowland mm. and the Magic Kingdom is is wildly different day versus night. And I think if you don't, if you haven't yes. spent time at Tomorrowland and the Magic Kingdom at night, you definitely have to do it. Um, all under the track of the people mover, along with the people mover, um, there's, uh, there's a light coming from the, the bottom in blues and, and reds, and it's, it's just beautiful. Um, I think the, the main entrance way where you have, um, well, it's currently Stitch uh, and Monsters, Inc., those, those um, I don't even know what you call them, those flourishes on top of the buildings, I don't think they necessarily mm-hmm. use neon, but they do glow in a neon kind of way. So Tomorrowland and the Magic Kingdom really glows and, and comes to life at nighttime. If you haven't checked it out in the evening, please do. Uh, and while I'm not 100% sure that some of what we're seeing is neon, it does have that sort of a glowing effect to it. Yeah. Yeah, it's Tomorrowland at night is one of my favorite places to be in Magic Kingdom at night uh, because of those, we'll call them neon-like effects. Um, <laughs> it, it, it really, it, just like the ones I was talking about in Disneyland, it really just sets the tone of what you're supposed to feel when you're there in that place. Yeah. Yep. Agreed. Okay, that was number four. Number five, Russ, back over to you. So, uh, again, I'm still talking about California, and uh, probably the best themed 
area in any Disney park anywhere uh, is Cars Land in Disney's California Adventure. Uh, it, it, it literally feels like you're walking right through the set of an animated film. Um, it's just, it's really amazing. Um, so uh, if you go through there in the daytime, it's, it's beautiful. You'll enjoy it. It's very well themed. But every night, something magical happens in Cars Land. And uh, it says in the guidebooks and everything, it happens at dusk. Well, my watch doesn't have a setting for dusk. So I asked someone, what time is dusk? And they said, here's how you find out. You go onto a weather app on your phone or just, you know, whatever you use to find weather information. And you look for the specific time listed for sunset. When I was there one night, it was 8 o'clock on the dot. The next night, it was 8.01. So it's never the same exact time, but it's always going to be at whatever time that is that said is for sunset. All of a sudden, you begin to hear through the area music there, the great classic song, Shaboom. And just like in the movie, when that song begins to play, the neon lights on Route 66 come to life and Cars Land becomes this amazing wonderland of neon greatness. Uh, it, it is really spectacular and a lot of fun. It's, you know, I think so. three things. You want to see it in the daytime. You want to see it at nighttime. But you want to be there when those lights come on for that three or four minutes that they play that song. It's beautiful. And the lights are so vivid and so bright. I mean, uh, from Sarge's Quonset Hut to Flo's V8 Cafe to Ramon's uh, artwork, uh, body art shop, and uh, the Cozy Cone. Is just, they're just lighting up the whole area, and there's also some great theme lighting up on the rocks of uh, sort of the hillside behind Radio Springs Racers. So uh, if, if, uh, if I hadn't already had the Tomorrowland experience that made me say, yes, we'll do the Neon episode, I could probably have talked about each one of these attractions and buildings in Cars Land as one of my three on the list because they're they're really maybe all total the best use of neon I've ever seen in, in anywhere really. Wow, that is great! I have not been to Radiator Springs yet at Disney's California Adventure. It's on my list. Uh, so, is there does everything just sort of flick on? Does it uh, choreograph to the music a little bit? How does it come about? Uh, it doesn't really choreograph to the music. It just kind of one by one, each sign and each building lights up. So, uh, I think kind of one by one, mm. uh, it just kind of moves its way up the street. And, uh, and, and I mean, you, you know, there's, there's a sense of excitement in the air, uh, you know, as people begin to see what's happening around them. And this place is just coming alive. Uh, I'll try to find a good picture that maybe... I don't think I have a good picture that represents the whole of it, but if I can give you just some good representative examples uh, to show you, uh, it, it really is great. If you want a little sampling, a little foretaste of it, uh, check out some of the neon effects over at Art of Animation hmm. uh, in the Cars area at Art of Animation. Um, you, you can see on a little smaller scale and to a much smaller degree uh, the kind of stuff that uh, that I'm talking about, but just just then imagine it just on steroids, uh, you know, a hundred times bigger, brighter, better, and that'll give you an idea of what what we're talking about. Wow, neat, good. Uh, Cars Land at Disney's California Adventure. 
All right, number six, last one, back over to me. So the list would not be complete without some discussion of Hollywood Boulevard at Disney's Hollywood Studios. And and there are two places specifically that I wanted to call out. So one is actually before you even get into the park, and, and those are the, the ticket booths. So the ticket booths have these neon-clad towers that are that are all holding flagpoles, and they're actually modeled after the Pan Pacific Auditorium, which was uh, a landmark built in 1935 that actually burned down, sadly. Um, but I, I think this design um, leading right into the park where you can purchase your tickets um, really stands out. And it's almost kind of a shame that people are, are standing there at the daytime to get their tickets and maybe don't even look back at nighttime to see these beautiful ticket booths and these, these gorgeous mm-hmm. neon-clad towers um, that are very, yeah. very distinctive and, and have this California and, and Hollywood sort of feel to it. Uh, but the last one on my list uh, is, is one that I think people um, could also miss a little bit, but it's sort of smack dab uh, in, in the middle of coming and going. So that's the Crossroads of the World. Uh, interestingly, the Crossroads mm-hmm. of the World is a real place in Hollywood, California. It's, yes. it's on Sunset Boulevard. That's kind of weird. So at Disney's Hollywood Studios, we're on Hollywood Boulevard. In real life, Crossroads of the World is on Sunset Boulevard. And there is a tower that uh, is kind of built into a building in California that looks like a ship. And it used to be part of a shopping complex, and now it's an office complex. But it's it's a real place. And the Crossroads of the World um, lights up in, in neon every night. I think it's a beautiful spot at Disney's Hollywood Studios and really sets the stage for Hollywood Boulevard. Like I said, it's almost a shame that you you don't see these two things initially at night, but most people will see them initially during the day. They're very different day versus night. And take a minute to look back and, and check out both of these. They're, they're great uses of neon and really beautiful. Yeah, I think that the uh, Crossroads of the World at Hollywood Studios actually has a leg up on the original Crossroads of the World out in Hollywood, and that is the one at Hollywood Studios has Mickey Mouse standing on top of it. That's true. Um, <laughs> but I do love that area. Um, sometimes uh, if I'm not having a park day, I'm just maybe uh, hanging out in the world. Uh, I will go over and run the boardwalk area at night. And uh, it's a great place to run if you're a runner. Uh, if, if, you're, if you're a walker, it's a great place to walk. And I always try to time my run out to where I can catch the Hollywood Studios fireworks from that path going from boardwalk over to Hollywood Studios. And I go up and make a circle around the uh, Sorcerer Mickey Topiary there, uh, right before the gates, and uh, and and seeing all that uh, area lit up with all that neon, it's is really beautiful. And uh, on a, on a dark night, it's uh, it's it's just really amazing. It's very colorful, very bright, and it's a beautiful place. Yeah. Agreed. Um, and, and good tip about being able to see the fireworks at Disney's Hollywood Studios from outside the park. Um, I have not done that yet, but it's on my list. It's a great a great spot. It is a great spot because you actually get a, uh, a great view of the, the entire width of the uh, fireworks show. Uh, I've seen them in the park, and they're spectacular. And you have the amazing audio that goes along with it that you miss out on a little bit outside the park. But what you get outside the park that's hard to get inside the park is just how vast the expanse and the width of this fireworks demonstration is. Mm-hmm. So uh, I like to be uh, just on the studio side of the bridge, the, that uh, roadway bridge that goes over top of the, uh, the where do you call that waterway there? I've forgotten the name of it. 
Uh, but <laughs> anyway, if you're just on the studio side of that bridge, uh, alongside the waterway there, it's a great place to just see from left to right the entire panorama of that fireworks display. Yeah, yeah, great tip. Okay, I can hardly believe it. We have made it through the top six uses of neon in U.S. Disney parks. We did it. We did it, finally. All you have to do is bug someone about 12 times, and you can get your way. That's what I've learned. That's that's the lesson to take away, kids. The best thing about it is I no longer have to hear you say, do you want to do the neon episode? <laughs> it's in the books. <laughs> Number one, Mickey Star Trader in Disneyland. Number two, Sunset Boulevard at Disney's Hollywood Studios. Number three, the Tomorrowland entrance in Disneyland. Number four, give me a little wiggle room, Tomorrowland in the Magic Kingdom. Uh, Number five, Cars Land in Disney's California Adventure. I can't wait until I can see that one. And number six, perhaps the granddaddy of them all, Hollywood Boulevard at Disney's Hollywood Studios. Russ, at long last, we have made it through the Neon episode. Thank you very much for doing this. We one, have Ray. done it. We've oh, done it. Oh, thank you. It's, it was great. And, you know, had you not bugged me to death about it, it probably wouldn't. I, I would have not been so in tune to appreciating the Neon that I just uh, observed and experienced out there in California. So uh, I'm, I'm really glad that you put that bug in my ear because it really forced me to take a good hard look around at night. It's, and, and really, I was amazed by some of the things that I've tried to describe here, but even the pictures won't do it justice. And certainly in my description of it is not. If you can get out to California and get to Disneyland, DCA, check out these areas because they are they are amazing. That is one of the things about neon, isn't it? That it, it's hard to really capture the the look of it, and especially the feel of it in a photograph. It, it's one of those things where it, it's a very different experience when you're there live. It is, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. That, that probably has something to do with maybe like this, probably like radiation being shot through your body or something. <laughs> it's, it's 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 killing you slowly while you stand there, but. You know, but at least it's nice to look at. It is, yeah. It's probably the Krypton, actually. It's the Krypton and the yeah, that's working right. together. Maybe that's my uh, counterpart. I'm a counterpart to Superman and that, like, I am... Neon is actually what's going to do me in. <laughs> well, if you got to go, that's a good way to do it, right? <laughs> yeah, it is. So this was fun. Thanks again, Russ. Thank you. Yes, today we head out to the music of Cars Land at Disney's Hollywood Adventure, and we have made it through the list of the top six uses of neon in U.S. Disney parks. Yes, it actually happened. Even though this episode happened, though the conversation doesn't need to be over, I'd like to hear what you think. Check out the show notes page at worldwalt.com slash 124 and put your comments in too. A page works well on tablets, smartphones, and desktops. Leave your comments in the comments section. I'd like to thank everyone who's been in touch, and I'd like to invite you to follow me on social media, facebook.com slash worldofwalt and pinterest.com slash worldofwalt. If you like today's podcast, I would appreciate it if you'd tell your friends and your family about it. Today, to wrap up, as always, a big thank you for having you spend some of your time with me. I'd also like to thank everyone who visits the worldofwalt.com site where you can read interesting Disney articles 
and chat with other people in the comments sections. By listening here and by visiting the site, you allow me to share the fun of Disney with you. And that is cool. Thanks for being part of it. So until next time, my friend, may God bless you. So there's a great big beautiful tomorrow Shining at the end of every day There's a great big beautiful tomorrow Just a dream